Jody Crumpy, director of the Erie City Mission Thrift Stores and Donation Center. When you shop at one of our two thrift stores or drop off items at our donation center, you are providing a meal. You are housing a man in our shelter, helping men and women overcome addiction and giving our inner city youth an opportunity to learn. I want to thank you for making a difference. This is our city, our mission. God bless you. All year round, Frontier Home Products and Design has what you need to make your home comfortable and beautiful. Relax on a new timber tech deck designed by Frontier's experts. A new fireplace from Frontier Home Products Fireplace Gallery adds warmth and serenity to any home. Beauty and versatility at Frontier Home Products and Design Center, 4213 Peach Reese 5th next to the Bayfront Highway. Frontier Home Products and Design Center. Discover a new frontier. PA contractor number PA039007. Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. And we're glad to have with us for his uh, monthly meeting here on Talk Erie, the county executive of the county of Erie, Pennsylvania, Brenton Davis. Uh, executive Davis, how are you, sir? A little bit tired. But. <laughs> you've been you've been <laughs> out uh, doing uh, doing some uh, work with your hands, you know, and not just sign not just signing checks or whatever. Yeah, we're we just multitask. You know, we're uh, doing some work on the prison roof today. It blew off in the high storms. We had to replace a roof and. Uh, you know, the quotes we got back were just astronomical, and with the time frame we have and this small window of opportunity, if we let that leak, we could uh, we could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment plus the value of a building. So, uh, had the help of a, a maintenance fellow and a few inmates, and Councilman Shank came this morning, and we put in a full day, and now we've got it dried in, waiting on the metal. So disaster averted and saved so the taxpayers. So it's, it's it was like a metal or tin roof that mm -hmm. just popped right off. Oh, just wow. the wind caught the corner of wow. it and you know it was installed I don't know how many years ago and yeah. it just peeled, Not been that long. Pe peeled it right back. When we think about it, it's you probably a, a less than 20 year roof. Oh, I, I, I think it was more like five, but <laughs> you know it's- How uh, does that happen? Aren't these things like 50 when you put well, the tin up? If you do it right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. So yeah, you know, you don't want to mess with the uh, construction stuff in you because there's there's no there's nobody who's gonna kind of talk around you or try to hoodwink you. I no, I mean there's there's a lot of great contractors out there. You know, I don't know everything, but I, I know enough. You know, and yeah. that's uh, we're we're happy to apply the skills and swing a hammer, and I think that's the definition of public service. You know, you're a servant. Put your skills. I mean. Ellen Showerman, I think we were just talking about that. I mean, during COVID, she went out and did COVID shots. You know, she's a wow, nurse. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that is the nature of a public servant, you know, and there's going to be people that are going to criticize, you know, but it is what it is, you know. I'm, I'm going to apply my skills and my craft where I can, but I mean, for two days of work, we saved the taxpayers over $50,000 in a contract and then, you know, avoided possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars or probably three quarters of a million dollars of damage that could have been done if that leaked into a finished space, you know? So I'm happy to do it. You know, the taxpayers, you got to make your salary. You know, I always told my employees, you know, you got to earn your salary, but you got to bring something to the table. And yeah. this is our example of doing that. You have a strong connection with Erie County, New York and uh, the county executive there. 
What have you heard since? I mean, that was an absolute uh, tragedy that happened up there. Oh, absolutely. You know, so I talked to Mark. You know, I talked to all the county executives all across the lakefront and and several across the country. But uh, during that, you know, we offered our help. I mean, I just gave him a call real fast and just let him know, hey, you know, the better Erie County to the south is here to help (laughs) you should you, you know, not be able to figure out this snow stuff. But uh, they're pretty well versed. You know, They, they had what they needed. I mean, it was just unfortunate, but we were there, you know, to offer the manpower. The same with uh, Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell, you know, with the they, they actually evacuated two small towns along the coastline. Yeah, they couldn't, they, they had to get out of there. And, uh, you know, we also offered our assistance there, public safety. You know, it's, that's the thing we're looking at, more regional assets to be able to deploy in those scenarios. I mean, imagine, I mean, that's an example of two towns. Imagine if people would have been trapped and you had to do a dozen swift water rescues simultaneously if we don't have the resources to do that and that's the importance of thinking regionally you know i mean northeast has got a great uh swift water rescue so does lake city you know and and they go both directions into new york and ohio so we're working across those state lines and county lines Mm -hmm. to have a regional approach to you know emergency services especially those very niche things that are like swift water rescue and the dive teams and that's just something that we've been working on for a while that we're looking to uh bring that all together yeah again no reason to duplicate services if if northeast has a team that's trained and they have the equipment let's use it for something that might be needed now i think west county don't they have well they do so so, so lake city and a lot of that stuff you know i mean Erie City Police has has boats, but a right. lot of things you got to look. They have different applications. Okay, you know, and a lot of times the divers and the recovery. I mean, that's usually a recovery effort. So I mean, it's not like a, there's a huge difference between a swift water rescue and like a dive recovery. Okay, I mean, recovering weapons, recovering vehicles, recovering unfortunately bodies and locating bodies. You know, those aren't as critical. You know, so, I mean, it wouldn't be a big deal to share a resource that could yeah. travel into Warren County or Crawford County or down into Venango, Mercer, or over into Ashtabula. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we have, I mean, getting folks to, one, volunteer and to be trained, maintain the qualifications, maintain the equipment, and then all of us not having to fund all these rigs. Right. You know, I mean, that's that's realistically, that's the conversation in EMS across the board. You know, we've worked pretty hard since I took office and even prior to me taking office in consolidating EMS services across the region. You know, I mean, these volunteers are strapped. It's hard for them to fundraise, to maintain the equipment. You know, where there was 300,000 volunteers in the 90s for firemen and EMS, I mean, we're down to like 30,000. You know, it's just, it's a conversation that we need to have and we need to start funding it appropriately and we need to go to professional services, you know, and or quasi-professional where you have, a, you know, much like Mill Creek is doing now. You have a paid chief, a few paid firemen that can double as EMS and then you still have your auxiliary fire and EMS folks that want to pick up and want to maintain that training and want to continue doing what they love to do but not professionally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I absolutely think there's a way for everybody to contribute again that public service that is a way and you know we're going to be the catalyst behind you know seeing this collaboration regionally mm-hmm. to have taxpayers not have to foot the bill or these lone fire companies that got to figure out how to pay for engines and ladder trucks and rescue vehicles and all these different things 
Or for instance, we have five ladder trucks, you know, in a short radius from, from this very station. I mean, it might even be like seven, but, uh, why do we need seven ladder trucks that are 1.6 or $1.8 million a piece? You know, I mean, our Mill county Creek has one tower. We have two in the city, right? And then Mill Creek has several. Oh, you they know? have several. Okay. So, I mean, it's, you look at, you just look at how these resources and these apparatuses that are out there, it's, you don't need five ladder trucks in Erie County. Do you think that's going to take, though, still? I mean, I know there's been a lot of new thinking about VFWs or uh, volunteer fire departments, VFDs, and mm-hmm. um, and all of that public safety stuff. But is it going to take more of a paradigm shift to just kind of say, you know what, the county's here to help and maybe we could be the depository for some of this thinking? Well, I mean, the, you know, like anything, I mean, you look at the, I, I think, I mean, the fire departments know. I mean, they're the ones out here struggling, you know, I mean, on a day-to-day basis. There isn't a fire chief I haven't talked to that yeah. that isn't like, my goodness, it's hard to find volunteers. I mean, Albion is now offline completely, 100%. I mean, the last I talked to them, they had four volunteers. So now, wow. you know, and that's part of that consolidation is, you know, looking at these departments that used to have a plethora of people that could answer calls and you look at the dropped calls and the and the and the time that these and we've started tracking drop calls, times time in service, time out of service, to to really make sure. I mean, this is about serving the people. Yeah. This is about when someone calls nine one one, can we get a response, you know, and quickly. You know, so we're working to you know, help them do the job that they need to do. Mm-hmm. I think we need to come up to the plate. We need to help fund it. And I think that we need to lead the charge in terms of the organization of things. That is why the county is the lead asset in terms of EMS and public safety management. I was going to say, uh, you, I mean, how about you guys, though? I mean, you have needs at, at dispatch, at 9-11 center and so on, right? Oh, so, I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, that's – you look at uh, the telecommunicators, I mean – it's a great job, you know, for somebody that can handle that type of uh, environment. You know, we've got some great folks up there that just hammer day in and day out, 24-7, 365. I mean, it's, it's, wow. it's, it never sleeps, you know, just like our prison. There's a lot of jobs available right now at the county. You know, Edmund L. Thomas, another, uh, the juvenile detention center and the kids shelter. That's another 24-7 operation. You know, they're all undermanned. You know, we've increased the wages. You know, I've, I've done... The, the most I can with what we have to balance, you know, keeping up with inflation, keep it upcoming post-pandemic recovery, taking care of our employees, but balancing that with the folks at home that are picking up the bill. You know, I mean, that's I tell folks, like, either side of the coin, there's folks, you need to pay these people more. Oh, you, you know, you can't raise my taxes. And just know that I think of both sides of that coin, and I have to balance that coin. Right. You know, yeah. we, we need to provide the services. We do need to take care of our people. You know, but we need to take care of the folks that fund the government too. Do you do you think that the state is doing what they should do? Uh, you know, or does do we need more help from our state legislators uh, to kind of build on some of those uh, reimbursements and so on? I know, I know, like in when you when you think about uh, uh, DHS, uh, you know, human resources or, or uh, human services. I mean, that's a that's a tough situation. You know, it's. I, I, I talk to all those nonprofits all the time, and their number one concern is filling the slots, you know, for this direct care. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's Erie Homes for Children and Adults or, you know, uh, uh, Achievement Center, all those types of places. 
and and they're funded th- from the county or somehow the county's involved with that as a well, pass I mean, through, right? I mean, you look at it. I mean, it's an employees market right now. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. If the last time I ran in 2017, we'd have been sitting here talking about the county having hundreds or at least dozens of jobs or 100, 120 jobs available or whatever it is. That wasn't the case back then. I mean, you had to know somebody, you know, have some kind of inside connection, know somebody's retiring and be lined up to get the job when they walked out the door. Yeah. You couldn't, I mean... Short, short, almost killing somebody. That's about the only way you could get in the door. It seemed a lot of yeah. these government jobs yeah. way back when, and you just have to look at like even this Erie County human service jobs and all the providers that we employ. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not paying a great wage, and a lot of that's tied to that reimbursement rate. So, I mean, some of these places are on that thin margin. Like, sure. I don't think any employer anywhere just says. You know, I just really want to pay my people crap. Right. You know, I mean, who wants to do that? But, you know, as a small business owner myself, like, I would love to pay everybody a hundred grand a year if I could, you know, but you just can't. I mean, the just the market is not there. The, mm. the market is going to dictate what you can get out of it. But, you know, but it's, it's distorted when it comes to human service, pretty much. To a degree, but again, there's still a reimbursement cost. You know what I right. mean? Like they can only bill so much. They can only bill so much to the consumer, to the government, so forth and so on. I mean, but that's the idea of capitalism, that the market will correct itself. I mean, there's going to come a point where you're either going to replace people. I mean, look at like the automated McDonald's and the sheets yes, and yeah. going to sheets now. I mean, everybody's learning. I mean, we are being trained to self-checkout. I mean, we are literally Mm -hmm. putting people out of jobs, but it's jobs nobody wants to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have the automation factor. But, you know, until robots are taking care of people and personal care, you know, this is something that we're going to have to look at. And the market, in theory, will correct itself when nobody wants to do these jobs at X rate. I mean, you're going to have to raise your wages, you know, and then inherently when you raise your wages, the cost of things go up, you know. I'm going to have you stop there because uh, this is going to be a great segue. I want to start getting into economic development. This is a topic after your own heart. And we'll also talk about some of the hits that you've been taking in the media here. Executive Brenton Davis is with us here and uh, uh, in, in the in the. Uh, paper yesterday, or actually today, it was uh, the headline from A.J. Rayo, Republican Brian Shank re-elected chairman of Erie County Council. This hasn't happened uh, where uh, a, a two-term chairman since, like, Joy Greco back in the 90s or something, uh, Executive Davis, and um, and uh, there's just some rumblings on uh, that, that were told to A.J. Uh, he's reporting that, um, um, you know, that... Uh, you know that basically they're they're thinking that there's going to be continuing uh, partisanship between council and that and that uh, council chair Shank has this kind of special connection to you and kind of rolls over for whatever you want to do. I mean, want to so, comment on any of that or? Yeah. So like, where where, where did you say that was printed? Okay, at? this is I'm looking at Go Erie right now, uh, uh, published at 5 a.m. on the fourth, so yesterday, and then was updated at 7 a.m. and um, 
And uh, Republican Brian Shank was reelected chairman of the Erie County Council, raising concerns among Democratic members that partisan fights and the blurring of lines between council and the Erie County Executive Brenton Davis administration will continue. So it's the I first mean, I'm paragraph. Just, I mean, I'm just still shocked that the Times is even open in the new year. I mean, looking at their uh, circulation, I think the Cory Journal's beating them now. But, uh, I mean, to me, to me, this is just trash journalism. I mean, can we get a journalist that's actually from Erie? You know, I mean, that'd be great. You know, when you get all these people that write opinion pieces and they're from like Warren County and Oil City. I mean, the Times News isn't even Erie Times anymore. It's not it, It's not journalism. So, I But mean, what about the criticism? So, well, I mean, to me, it's just, that's what it is. I mean, it's it's there to sell newspapers and apparently not doing it very well. At the end of the day, you look at, for decades, or even let's just look at the Dahl Kemper administration, who, who who had a Democratic majority the entire time. But what is this? The fact that they elected a Republican chairman back-to-back, or a chairman for the first time in history back-to-back, what does that tell you? That your swing vote, your Democrat, voted against the vice chair getting chairman. Why? It's because people are tired of your antics. You know, there's a reason why voters voted for me with the second largest majority in history. Yeah. You know, it's they want a different direction. So the fact that I'd say the fact that we have a good working relationship, that's the way government should work. You know, we don't agree on anything. I mean, yeah, he and I were on a prison roof today working <laughs> together. Right. You know, but it's not that he walks around. I mean, you know, and there's the comment, oh, he walks around with four votes in his pocket. I, I can tell you that's not the fact. You know, that's the reality is, is that's what compromise looks like. You know, we have our fights behind closed doors. You know, we're not Erie City Council that has, you know, kind of, oh, you don't get elected for chair and you cry like a child and pack your ball and go home. And, you know, I mean, that's that's not what good government looks like. You know, I mean, it's it's a clown show. You know, you don't fight in the front yard. You know, and that's, to me, we have plenty of disagreements, Mm -hmm. but we talk through them diplomatically, find the compromise that we can all deal with, and then bring that idea forward and make it go. You know, so, I mean, just the very idea that the county executive's office should be at odds, it's, it's not an us versus them. It's a checks and balances. So if you think you take a scale, and this is the way this is supposed to work, You know, the executive branch has the veto power. You know, one of me is, in theory, equal to seven of them. You know, and then you have that veto, which is saying you're equal to five of them. You know, so, or four, rather. But the point of this being, without those checks and balances, you're going to get out of whack. When one branch, which we've had historically for so long, that council has whittled the power away from the county executive to the point where you didn't have those checks and balances. Well, now you're starting to see four to three votes. That tells me we are in that sweet middle spot right where we need to be. You're always going to have one or two dissenters that are going to vote against everything that comes down the pike. You could cure childhood cancer, and I promise you, one of them would vote against it. Like, that's just the nature of politics. It's partisanship. I just don't play that game. I put forward common sense reasonable solutions and we go about this pragmatically i i gotta i gotta ask you what i asked uh city council president chuck nelson yesterday is the public sector in this town 
whether it's city or county, up to the challenge of the real, real structural issues that this community, this metropolitan area is facing. Because we, we've seen some major growth in the private sector. You've got people putting skin in the game, close to a billion dollars being invested around town. You've got the nonprofit sector that seems to be holding its own. Uh, but the public sector has been dragging. We have these fiefdoms and we have these silos. Do you do you think that you represent maybe well, a new a new day I mean, for the I would public say, sector? I would say the nonprofit sector. I would agree with that to the point, with the exception of those that constantly come to the county looking for their. I'm talking about governance. I'm talking about till. Yeah, yeah, I get but, you. But uh, so, I mean, to me, that's that's why I put the brakes on the ARPA plan that was put forward wrongfully by the previous council. I think it lacked vision. You know, it was political favors to the who's who going out the door. And that's why you see the failed politicians of yesterday coming to our council meetings, you know, just sounding like a crazy broken record. You know, your relevance is gone. The voters said no to you. Obviously, they voted against your lack of vision. It's time to just sit down. Let us handle our business and do what the community voted for. You know, but the reason why I voted against, or not vote, but made movement to claw back that ARPA money, which was controversial, you know, maybe 10 months ago. Mm -hmm. And now people, I think, are starting to get it. Like, this is a finite amount of money. We have all these needs, and they need to go to the places. So for me, my priorities have been workforce development and infrastructure. I mean, look at all this building that's around us. And if you're not developing what's underground, if you're not developing your storm sewers, you know, I mean, so here's a good example. You know, I'm 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 taking steps in the thirty seconds. Keep yeah. I mean, things like stormwater. So for me, you know, I'm looking at putting a small addition on my house. Small. I mean, like twenty by twenty, and uh, I had to pay thirty six hundred dollars to have a stormwater plan engineered for seven acres. You know, my water's not going anywhere. But I paid thirty six hundred bucks, and that's not even counting the work I'm gonna have to do, and I'm doing it myself for a standard taxpayer. It might be fifteen grand or more. You know, for what? A $25,000 addition? Like, what are we doing? So it's time that we uh, take some serious steps to handle this on a regional level. All right, you're going to hold that thought. We will get to economic development here. And I want to I want to switch to economic development. This is this is uh, your, um, uh, you definitely have a, a lot of passion for this subject. I want you to re- remind us again of, of why you felt that uh, that the county itself now needs like an economic development officer uh, inside the courthouse there. So you look at economic development, how it's structured. You know, years ago, a lot of stuff went to the chamber, you know, and that's that's the only thing. I mean, like I said. Well, I during mean, the during the, the, the Dalkheimer administration, the chamber was designated as the lead right. economic development and, agency. And to me, I mean, and that's fine. I mean, so take, for instance, the prison roof thing. You know, you do what you're good at. Mm-hmm. You know, Kathy, her interest was in health. I mean, she's a dietitian, so Blue Zones was kind of like her thing. You know, take it or leave it. But to me, having a master's in economic development and as a business owner, it's what I'm passionate about. But you look at the structures of best practices in all other areas of the country. You know, it's either the county's taking the lead or it's a quasi-government collaboration. But... Your elected officials have to lead that charge. I mean, in terms of governance, that's the very nature of how things get done. So, 
I mean, to me, it's just returning back to a best practice, number one. But if you don't have the tools, I mean, you could be the best chess player on the planet, but if you don't have a chessboard and chess pieces, then what good is it? You know, so I mean, there's going to be a lot of growing pains, you know, for some folks that are accustomed to kind of having the helm. And I, I think that just is what it is. But, you know, the county is the lead in terms of economic development. We have to be the maestro. Like I said, all through the campaigns, I mean, you're not going to be an expert drummer. You're not going to be an expert violinist. But, you know, the maestro exists for a reason, and that's to keep synchrony, you know, to move things forward, to give direction. And to solve these problems, whether it's timing, whether it's capital, whatever it is, you know, there's a lot of exciting things with this ARPA money that we're going to be able to make strategic investments that are also going to encourage other investment and, and leverage other investments. There's there's already things in the works. I mean, we're not ready to come completely out with them. I'd rather just do the press conference when the time comes. Right. But, you know, there's 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 a lot of stuff happening and I think folks see the investments, they see the energy, you know, and those are things that I think by bringing economic development, that helps me keep a pulse on the community. My, my Hold approach... Hold on a second. Let's grab a phone call and see if uh, we can uh, get some uh, callers uh, involved in this. Hi, you're live with uh, Brenton Davis, the county executive. Brenton. And my cousin in there, Coogene. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Doing well, Gino. How are you? I'm living the dream. Hey, uh, thanks for saving us some money there, Brenton. Again. Absolutely. And you're right. That's what serving your constituents is all about. I appreciate that immensely. Uh, just a quick question. Has uh, anybody heard anything of what... Um, that Amazon's going to put that big warehouse, uh, I guess for lack of better terms, but behind me where the old green shingle used to be on Staritania. I, you guys heard anything? Yeah. Have you heard anything? Brent? No. So, I mean, I met with the Amazon executives maybe two weeks ago. I mean, just the standard distribution center that we already have, that's the only thing that we're going to have. I mean, Isn't this considered like a small one, kind of a... So uh, like last mile so kind even of place. in 2018, the yeah. first time I met with Amazon, that's a part of their business model is right. they want to have a footprint in every 500,000 people. Okay. You know, so the fact that Amazon came to Erie, nobody can take political credit for that. That's a part of their business model. But no, sure. they're, they're, and, and, and here's the other thing is the challenges of anything south of 90 right there due to the lack of utilities. That's something that we're, yeah. you know, we're trying to figure out as we speak. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we get more investment in those areas? But that's the limitations that we have is the water, the sewer, right. you know, and the lack thereof. So, no, I don't – I mean, unless there's something that happened, but I think we would know about it. There's nothing going they, there. They, I, the last I knew, they were going to build a building that's six stories tall. Oh, my. No, that's just oh, yeah. uh, that's just a West County myth. I mean, I know many people have asked, and that's 100% not true. Thanks, Gino. Really? Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, so there's some some uh, <laughs> there is some aspirations that are not that are not real. So the yeah. the Amazon, the six story Amazon, this is, this is a six story. It, it, it's uh, it's juice right plant. in the same place as the four votes that Brian Shank has in his uh, pocket. <laughs> okay. Um, I, 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 when you say that the economic uh, office at the at the county is like the maestro, and so 
I'm trying to, I'm still trying, and again, I, I have these conversations all the time, but it's still hard to get my arms around of how this works, for example. So we do have a Tina Mangine's group, the, the Erie, Erie, uh, Redevelopment Authority of Erie County, right? We have the Erie Inclusive Playbook, which is kind of like this, you know, uh, standing committee that's uh, I mean, trying to, to tell, 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 help me understand all this. Well, I mean, so there's a lot of different things. There's what, there's official and then there's unofficial. So you have the ECRDA, the Redevelopment Authority, yeah. which is a county entity, which is an authority under the authority of the state. You know, so that's our mechanism to do like brownfield remediations. And, you know, Tina and I have been working a lot on a lot of different things. And I mean, I think there's some very exciting stuff to come in terms of like the Erie Investment Group. I mean, that's just a fictitious entity. I mean, it doesn't have any authority of any the inclusive kind. playbook. Uh, I mean, it's just, is it just kind of it's, collecting. It's, it's just and... strategic. I mean, that's, that's, that's all it is. I mean, there's but is no there somebody going in, in uh, under whose authority are not... they applying for grants, and but things? they can't, that's the whole point. The Erie investment group can't apply for any grants. I mean, they're not like an official thing, you know, I mean, yeah, somebody's funding, a salary for an executive aren't, aren't director. Aren't you on and, the? Uh, aren't you on so the standing the, committee? So the county, we have part of that steering committee, but yeah. the, but there's, that's not the whole point of that. Is just basically to collaborate. It's to have meetings, collaborate, kind of move in parallel tracks, and yeah. you know it is what it is. But it's not like an official entity. It couldn't take a loan. You know, it can't get a grant. It can't do any of those things. You know, so I mean, to me, the real work in that is. Each entity, you know, working with the others, like, again, in parallel, or maybe we choose to collaborate. I mean, take, for instance, like the Savakio Park. I mean, I vetoed that. I think there's a better use of government funds, you know, but, you know, the city can go that route with their money, and that's fine. They can re utilize our redevelopment authority for it. You know, there's going to be things that we agree on and things that we don't, you know, but my main focus with economic development was creating the fusion cell, you know, we've got Jeffrey Cooper out there. He's a Union City guy. And uh, really, really drilling down and building connections with our townships and our township supervisors. I mean, these folks for years have been left to the wolves on their own, you know, to their own devices with no help, no assistance, no guidance for the most part. And it's really time that we mend all these patches together as one quilt. Mm. And I mean, that is... That is my goal. You know, a single quilt patch under itself sure isn't going to keep you warm in the winter, but you sew them together, now you got something. And you it know. sounds like you want to focus on infrastructure, broadband, and, and, and like the, the basics so, for the town. 100%. So let's talk about broadband real quick because I think there's some disparities that need to be cleaned up there. Okay. So, you know, Summit Township applied for some ARPA monies, at which I put the brakes on it. There's some folks like, oh, you cut the funding. No, I didn't cut the funding. So what this is, is there's different plots of money out there. So you have ARPA money, but then you have this broadband money that's coming down from the federal government that Ohio is already building where we're still drawing funds. So now Pennsylvania just drew the funds. We have our broadband study, which is going on, where we're asking residents to challenge that. We need folks to get on the website and challenge that because the more accurate we can show the need, the more funding we qualify for. So the reason why I held the brakes on the Summit Township project, because let's face it, internet service providers, of course they want to move right forward because they're using government money to fund their infrastructure. Well, okay, somebody's got to just call this what it is. Sure, that benefits the internet service provider, and that's all good and well. 
but that doesn't benefit the people of Erie County because let's say you go from a, a, meet, a, a, a low rating to a medium rating because of one project where all of a sudden you just, you just did 10 square miles in Summit Township and now that moved us from a high priority to a medium or low priority and we just lost a bunch of money because I allowed this money to go out the door. What I'm saying is, is we hold on that, do our study, get it accurate, show the need to the state, fight for our share of the pie, which we're doing right now. I mean, Jessica Kunso, uh, you know, down uh, at planning, you know, you got Ms. Jagai down there at the Council of Governments. I mean, they're working with the townships. I mean, this is a, this is a huge collaboration that uh, with the state broadband authority to make sure we report this accurately. And what, what is considered uh, success with that? Because I tell you what, we're going to get our clock cleaned if, if all we can get is 100 megabytes down. And that's, that's kind of what I get in, in the middle of the city, which, you know, they feel like that's supposed to be some great shakes, but we need, yeah, we no. need faster. So, I mean, to me, I'm, and, and that's the thing I talked to. I mean, Chuck Ray's going for a gigabit connection in court. Well, I mean, you can go for it. I mean, talk is one thing and reality is another. But, you know, to me, when I sat down with the director of the Broadband Authority, we, we, we hosted him here at planning, you know, had a roundtable discussion with all the entities that are involved in that. And, you know, really it's about that high-speed fiber. You know, bringing that. I mean, that's what I told him. I looked him right in the face and I said, listen. I was like, is what we're building next generation? Like, don't tell me in 1995 that, you know, you're putting in rotary telephones. You know what I mean? Like, it's not helping us. It needs to be next-generation technology or is what we're building today. And it's the same conversation I have with any project, any township, any municipality. I'm like, look, are you are you appropriately sizing our water lines, our storm water, you know, your sewer lines? Like, okay, you might need a six-inch line now at I-90 to get under it. Well, let's plan for a 12. You know, like, let's look at our capacity down the road. Like, it needs to be a 50-year vision. Don't build yourself or paint yourself into a corner sure. and then spend tens of millions of dollars doing it. Like, I would rather pay, you know, uh, a $5 million bill now than three and a half and then go five, ten years down the road and go, okay, we're at capacity. Yeah. And then you're digging it up, and then you're putting in that $5 million line that now costs ten. You know, so, I mean, you just got to think ahead. I mean, you know, I, I think that's the beautiful thing about having almost 20 years in construction is you have to think, you have to think ahead of yourself. If you don't have that vision, you do paint yourself in the literal corner. So I, I think that's a part and part of that broadband is that we need to do this strategically, you know, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm appreciative of Ikedo and the township supervisors that get it. I mean, like the light has come on with these folks. They understand now why like at first i think they're like what do you mean like when i called him into a room and started talking to him about this early last year they just didn't quite get it but like we're coordinating their arpa investments and leveraging them with ours and now they're all oh, leveraging now it's a common concept a year ago people were like what is leveraging right. the county executive keeps talking about leveraging <laughs> what is it and you even asked me the same yeah, question yeah. and now it's common knowledge yep um, we, we've got Brenton Davis on the line with us here uh, as for his monthly meeting. I want to pivot to um, the kind of the built infrastructure uh, beyond broadband, but the actual, uh, wh whether you call it shovel ready or pad ready, 
you know, uh, we the the number has been floated out there uh, of a of a million square feet ready to go for uh, expansion and redevelopment. And this is this is this is where the legacy of having a broken down system for ten years, which you know basically has only been revived in the last couple you know uh, is really hurting us if site selectors or even our own our own homegrown businesses who want to expand are looking for sites and it, it seems like it's taking a long time to get anywhere near that that million square feet of available space what what are your thoughts on all that well, I mean, I mean that's why we have our redevelopment authority, you know. And I've I've tweaked it, you know. Like, obviously, there's no secret. I wasn't a big fan of EMI, right? You know, just be. I mean, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with doing brownfields, but I think there's a there's a faster pathway. I think we need to remediate sites and then make that available for private capital, you know. But then there's other areas. I but think. But like where? Like where are you targeting? I mean, is there a space in Fairview? We're not talking about <laughs> that right now. I mean, but, but think about think about our built infrastructure. We have open space on the east side. We have space in there's, Fairview. There's, we have space in Summit. You know, there's space that the county already has. You know, there's space that should be acquired. I mean, like I said, you got to be strategic. You know, I'm here to. I'm here to represent the taxpayers and make sure that uh, they get the best deal. The Do you best feel like there's urgency there? Hundred percent. It's already happening. Okay. Like I said, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't <laughs> throw a flag up there and then all of a sudden, right, right. N- now, now we're paying. We, yeah, we don't. We'll, Hundred and twenty thousand yeah. dollars an acre for something. Gotcha. I mean, that's just not good business. And but. we don't want to announce early because. That's that's the that's the narrative of Erie that everybody regurgitates the juice plant. Yep, you know what yep. I mean. So I mean, to me, it just it's like I I, call, I tell my staff, Missouri, show me. <laughs> you know, right. like yeah, that's that's what it's about. You know, we're we're here putting our money where our mouth is, and you know, this is taxpayers' money. So, you know, every day, I mean, there's not a day that goes by, seven days a week, that we're not moving this machine forward for progress and. That's really what it's about. We're going to keep putting in hard work. You know, we've got an overall arching strategy. We've got a lot of players on board. And, uh, you know, we just can't wait to prove the naysayers wrong. Do you like what you see coming out of the townships and the boroughs? I mean, as far as, like, I think about Embrace Mill Creek and the whole idea of the 8th Street being their main street. You know, uh, what, you know, uh, uh, Union City has their strategic plan. Corey has their strategic plan. Albion and, and all the rest, Northeast. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Are we on the right track there, Brent? So, I mean, to me, you know, I would say as a fiscal conservative, I like the idea of these townships having the autonomy. I'm not here, and I keep telling them, this is a conversation I have a lot, like, I'm not here to dictate as the county executive what you should do in your town. What I'm here to do is take your vision and help me help you. You know, like, I'm not there to coach. You know, I'll help you along where I can. You know, but it's up to you guys to drive that bus. But you know what? I'll help you pave the road in front of it. You know, or help you fix a tire when you need it. And that's mm-hmm. that's our job is to help fill the gaps. And that's why we came up with that municipal gap financing, to, you know, to help them close the gaps, leverage other state and federal monies, help them apply for stuff, provide assistance with grant writers, uh, planners, like all the professional fees that were that were like, you know, controversial issues in this year's budget. You know, but to me, that's budgetary for the first time 
in an entire lifetime of probably anybody that's alive, we're going to see an infrastructure investment in Erie County like never before. So folks are kind of like, well, what do you need $100,000 for professional fees for? Well, engineers cost money, site engineers cost money, attorneys cost money, consultants cost money. And these are things that you need to do to make sure that you're doing this appropriately, correctly, and you're doing it intelligently to not cost yourself in the long run. You know, you need to do your due diligence on these issues, but also for these small municipalities that really can't come up with the funds to maybe flesh out an idea. Now I have a pot of money mm. to assist in those areas where maybe they, they can qualify for X amount of funding, but they don't have the money for the plans or the drawings or whatever it is. Well, okay, here's $15,000. Let us help you close the gap. So, I mean, to me, that's just being forward thinking and creative in the budget. And when you mentioned site selection, how do you attract these businesses to come here? And, and this is a multi-prong approach. Right. You know, you have to develop the businesses that are here. You have to aid in the startups. The Beehive's done a good job with that. You know, we gave 700 and some odd thousand dollars to, to boost the Beehive and fill the gaps for our, our startups and our existing businesses. And it's a multi-pronged approach. But the folks that were critical of, okay, a $25,000 travel will... That doesn't necessarily mean, like, people think vacations, like the county executive's traveling. I can tell you. It's a junket. None of the travel that I do is fun. You know, it's, I tell people, you see glamorous places, one conference room at a time. But here's the key. Yeah. You know, I mean, for instance, I was just down in D.C. I met, I met a consultant that saved Albany County $5.5 million in just prescription medications and another $600,000 in rebates that were owed to Albany County from pharmacies. $600,000 on top of $5.5 million. So they're already working with our consultants to drill down to find out what money are we owed? Where can we save? So you focus on your high prescription medications to so mm -hmm. say... Say a, me a medication costs. Is this because you guys are self-insured? Is that it's because we're self-insured? Okay. Okay, so what will happen yeah. is, is a doctor will prescribe like a name brand thing. Yeah, yeah. So say you're buying, let's say, Fruit Loops for five hundred bucks, but you can buy the the Walmart brand for a hundred and fifty. Well, you're getting the same thing. It's in a different yeah. bag. Well, okay. Well, that three fifty or whatever. That's a savings to the consumer. That's the taxpayer savings, yeah. and that's how they saved them five and a half million. Gotcha. Had I not been there, you never would have met those people. It's the same thing with site selection. Mm -hmm. You've got to go out and put your best foot forward, and sometimes it might be just offering a plane ticket for an executive that's like, hey, you know, I'm looking at three different sites, and I'll say, hey, listen, we just built this in Knowledge Park, or we just built this in downtown, or we built this in Albion, wherever. Mm. He said, I want you to come in here. Mm. I'm going to buy you a plane ticket. I'm going to put you up at our Bayfront Convention Center. I'm going to show you why you can't say no to Erie County and why you can't afford not to be here. I got less than a minute. Do you feel that Erie County is open for business? You know, the state of Pennsylvania doesn't have a great business climate reputation. How about Erie County, though? Erie County has been open for business since January 3rd of last year, and it will stay that way. The taxpayers voted for that, and that's what we're going to deliver on. The climate has changed. We're already seeing investments. So strategic public-private partnerships. Public-private partnerships, that's one way. But, I mean, just the fact of how we've turned a tide in common-sense, reasonable government. You look, at the, you look at the mass exodus that's taking place in western New York. We've already got several New York companies that are relocating here to Erie County. You know, haven't been announced yet. But there's a reason for that. It's the paradigm shift that's taken place here. 
It's the catalyst of all the things that are happening. It's not just one person. It's not. It's 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 what we're all doing. You know, it's it's got the attention. We're doing things that other places are not, and we're going to continue. Going to leave it there. County Executive Bretton Davis for his monthly meeting. Thank you for your time and attention, sir. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And and be careful on that roof. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.